What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Blinkers Off Show. That's not Jared, though. That's Mike Samich, special guest for a special show. What is up, Mr. Samich? I think this is the first time I have co-hosted Blinkers Off. I think this may be, I, I think I've popped in before, but it's always been with both you and Jared. So I'm, I'm excited to be here, Aaron. Wow. I feel yeah. great about this. I feel like this oh, is going to be a really good time today. Yeah, we're going to crush this. Like, I, I can't wait to go through this. Uh, we got, got to talk about the Breeders' Cup, which I'm obviously pretty excited for. We're still way too early to actually make picks, but I'm excited to start kind of talking about how we handicap or structure some of these races. Because as I was quote unquote prepping for this, which meant I breezed through the odds that you're going to post up here as we go race to race. The turf races, I thought about how I prep for it. I think talking about how the two of us kind of handicap those turf races with so many international horses come over will be a good thing for people to kind of listen to and react to. Listen, the people are pumped. Look at look at Shotty. She's saying, yes, blinkers off. Let's go, Nick Feldman says. Breeders, cup, Michael Olsen says. Listen, people yeah. are excited. People are very, very pumped. I'm with you. I, I love now that we have uh, you know, overseas markets where, where we've got pretty much what we're going to see from the field. There might be one or two they get wrong or in a different race or whatever, but we can go through all these. And a lot of times the odds you're going to see with these overseas markets end up being very similar. Why? Because there's actual money being thrown into these pools, right? Yeah. I mean, they're pretty mature pools for this far out because the amount of money that's already been bet into them. So it's not like we're dealing with a pool with a hundred bucks in it or 200 bucks in it. These lines have been posted for a while. They've started to have horses drop off of these lines now as they've kind of, as these fields come into more clear view. So this is about as mature of a number that you can get right now. Obviously when we get the actual fields, it'll get a lot more sharp, but you still have a lot of different places you can go to here. And it gives you some idea of what you're playing into because you're not going to be surprised now on race day when you see a horse go off at eight to five. You're like, well, I thought it was going to six to one. It's like, well, if you looked at that overseas, you kind of would have known that that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, this is what, to me, what's so much fun about the Breeders' Cup is all these divisions got the best horses and then boom, here we are right here. Odds in front of us, three weeks out. We pretty much know what the fields are going to be like. So that just makes it so much fun, and the buildup is so much. For the Derby, it's one race, and it's great. Don't get me wrong. Here, it's all these races, and then you get to thinking, oh, my God, am I going to get X price on this horse that I've loved all year? Right? It's awesome. Hey, remember that time we got 3-1 to one on Nick's go? <laughs> like, that doesn't happen very often. That happens in the Breeders' Cup because you have all of these horses that come together and face each other, and that's when your opinion can really matter. You know what I mean? And that's like that's why we got three to one on Nick's go. And that was wild. We should have been getting seven to five or eight to five on him, but because of everyone else who was there, we got three to one. So people are people are excited that uh, Jared's looking good today. I agree. He's he's looking fine, isn't he, folks? So what, what can I say? I know I was asked on the show. Need a little eye candy out here. <laughs> Oh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Listen, we're not going to mess around on this show today, Samich. We're not. No. We are going right into it. We're not. No frills. All right. There it is. This is Here's the field. This. Here we go. We're going to start it off. Let's kick it off right now. No, no, let's go. No, anything. Let's go. Breeders' Cup, Juvenile, Turf, Sprint. That's the first one. The first thing when I look at this, I look at Blackbeard 11 to 4, Platinum King or Queen 7 to 2, Mediate 6 to 1. A lot of Euro runners are taking the early action right now in this in the spot. Yeah, the first thing I see is Love Reigns at seven to one because that was one of the numbers that jumps out at me as a, a incorrect price in my mind. I think there's zero chance to get seven to one on Love Reigns when when Love Reigns actually goes off. I bet Love Reigns goes off as the favorite in this spot. Uh, Wesley Ward literally scratched his horse out of a race this weekend, 
just because the horse was so keyed up and he didn't want to ruin the Breeders' Cup race. That's how ready Love Reigns is here. Went overseas, ran very well, ended up fourth in a 21-horse field over at Ascot. We know Ward only sends his best over there. Uh, the horse that, that he also had in that spot, Nona Hudson, ends up going off as your 2-1 to favorite and runs pretty well. Look, man, I, I think 7-1 to on Love Reigns is crazy, especially in a race where international horses generally do not do as well. The turf sprint for the two-year-olds is tougher because of how fast the U.S. horses generally are. I hear you 100%. I, I think Love Reigns is going to be tough. Blinkers off last week. I said, hey, we get to see the Breeders' Cup uh, Juvenile Turf Sprint winner this weekend at Keeneland. That'll be kind of fun to see Love Reigns. Then we get the scratch. But yeah, and then you hear the reason and it's like, oh boy, she's keyed up and ready to go. Now, we haven't seen this horse for a while, though. That's the kind of the negative. Does that, I mean, you kind of answered the question of, hey, I, I, I think seven to one is a crazy price. But does it concern you a little bit that we haven't seen her in so long? No, because Wesley Ward, he just he doesn't run his horses as often as some other trainers. He picks his spots very carefully, and he specifically never didn't say like, oh, you know, the horse has a fever or, or there's, you know, some type of issue in training. No, it was this horse is, is so trained up. That I want to make sure that we get that one race, that one perfect spot, and that's the Breeders' Cup, right? So because of what we're hearing from Wesley Ward, I'm not as concerned about it. So we should be calling our overseas friends and getting this price at seven to one is basically what Samich is saying right here, right? You will not get seven to one on race day. Now, there are a couple horses in here that I think are interesting as well from the U.S. perspective that we got to talk about. Speedboat Beach on here, yep. seven to one as well. Like Love Range should be the shortest price. So there is value on Love Range right out of the gate, right? They don't want to don't want to poo poo that. Um, but Speedboat Beach is seven to one is interesting. We don't that last race was was funky over that turf course, right? Buyer regressed quite a bit, but the horse is full of talent. I mean, I, I don't know what to think about that race. Uh, Hajazi came out of that race, uh, the main special way where they set that 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 great number uh, buyer-wise and time form-wise. He didn't win. Fort Bragg came out of that race. He didn't win next time out. And the big key is none of them ran close to that number. But was Speedboat Beach, was the number that low? Should it have been that low on the turf? I'm not sure. I kind of shied away from this one. I don't know that I want this one. Uh, I, I don't know, especially when you have a Wesley Ward runner who's won this race so many times, uh, last three times, and he's he's gushing about one. Do we really want Bob Baffert on the turf? I'd love to know the last time Baffert won a grade one on the turf. I don't know off the top of my head if anyone wants to be our fact checkers here and check that out in the chat, but it's it's been a minute. It's not recently. I don't, I, I'm confident that Baffert's never won a Breeders' Cup turf race. Um, so be, be interesting to see if he can get the job done here. I, I see, uh, Dennis mentioning Mo stash in here as well. A uh, horse that I like that was 15 to one on the morning line against love reigns last time. And love reigns was four to five. Now most stash ran a lot better, but now you're only getting double the price on most stash when it was literally 15 X the price on the morning line, uh, going into that Keeneland race. So I agree. Most stash is interesting. I think this is like the price that I would be interested in this spot, but I would demand a lot better than 14 to one. Yeah, I, I don't like 14 to 1 either. Uh, Jared says American Speed wins this race every year. That has definitely been the case. That kind of lets out the uh, uh, seven, another 7 to 1 shot on the board here, Private Creed. This is a horse that's won a couple in a row, looked pretty good, won over the Keeneland track, won the race that Love Rain scratched out of. Any interest in Private Creed? Not at seven to one. I mean, again, it's it's that that price that really throws me off because I see Love Reigns at seven to one, and I I that makes me not want to bet Speedboat Beach, Private Creed, or Mo Stash. Now, if Love Reigns in this spot is four to five, 
and private creeds eight to one, nine to one, all of a sudden, yeah, there's there's not an eight X gap between those two. But with the board the way it is right now, to me, it's love reigns and then deciding whether or not you want to play the Europeans. Yeah, I think that's the the key to it, too. We'll have to study those Europeans a little bit more once we know who's coming, who's not, all that kind of thing. But, yeah, I think that's going to be uh, the interesting one for me is Love Reigns. All right, we can't spend all our time on that one. we got so many more to go. Let's go to the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Let's go to a race where we could see – well, there is no could. We will see the shortest price on Friday of a Breeders' Cup race. That is Cave Rock. Currently, Cave Rock is 5-4. to four. I think that's probably going to be high. I don't think we're getting five to four on Cave Rock come uh, post time. No, you're going to get around three to five. I, I think you're, you're getting sub even money. Um, I, I'd be surprised at four to five, maybe four to five, just because of the field size and the fact that people want to take shots here. But uh, this is is the biggest, second biggest standout of the entire weekend in any division in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this horse is absolutely going to roll. I, I, it's going to be really, really hard to beat him. Are you interested? We we backed Forte last time out. Uh, nine to two though, uh, here. I mean, are you interested in getting that horse involved at all? What about Loggins ran very well to finish second to Forte? He's six to one. Yeah. I think Loggins is in a tough spot here because cave rocks in the race. I, I think there's going to be quite a bit of pace pressure. So I think it favors Forte, even though I think Loggins is probably the better horse as a three-year-old. Um, all of that being said, I'm, I'm playing a cold exacta and I would be interested if I could find a cold exacta ahead of time, cave rock over national treasure. I think National Treasure is the second best two-year-old right now. I think we saw them run against each other at Santa Anita. Those, to me, are the most impressive, too. And, and Forte and Loggins look great. I think they're a notch below Cave Rock and National Treasure. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I, I You look from the from a buyer speed figure perspective or any speed figure perspective, that race got graded much, much higher, even though Forte and Loggins are visually pretty impressive, right? I mean, they were they galloped out away from those other horses. But, yeah, it could have just been, man, Cave Rock was so good that National Treasure might get undervalued. Let's talk about a couple more that might. Blazing Sevens, I'll, I'll let you talk about this one, uh, a horse you loved in the Champagne any interest in playing this horse back? He's currently eight to one on the, in the overseas markets. I think it's a logical underneath horse if you're playing supers or tries, because it, we just talked about how fast this pace could be. Blazing Sevens is going to come from off the pace and prove that he can close into a fast pace in, in the champagne. So I have some interest underneath. I don't think that Blazing Sevens can win, but I do think Blazing Sevens could hit the board. I want to talk about Tyler's try before we go on here. I knew you would. <laughs> yeah, 16 to 1 right now. This Iowa uh, bred horse has been absolutely fantastic in all of his starts. Uh, very, very impressive. He's beaten open company as well. Unfortunately, all the races have come at Prairie Meadows, and I know what people are going to think of Prairie, Prairie Meadows when it comes to a Breeders' Cup horse now. Keep an eye out for Tyler's tribe. He also might go in the juvenile turf sprint because he is he has been a sprinter uh, for all of his races. He's a, he's by sharp Azteca, so a horse that you don't really think going long as well. Keep an eye on him. He's a lot of horse. He's really really talented. So uh, Tyler's tribe, you might take a little swing with. I kind of like him better for the for the turf sprint because of the pedigree. You got you got any thoughts on on my boy Tyler's tribe? Um, I, I, he's going to be a price no matter where you go. From a numbers perspective, his six furlong sprints are actually the third highest numbers of anyone in this field behind Cave Rock and National Treasure. Uh, so the numbers fit. The distance obviously could be an issue. You mentioned Sharp Azteca. I like him more in the turf sprint than I do here. Um, we'll see where he ends up. I think this is a much more aggressive spot. 
Yeah, with a horse like Cave Rock sitting there. Of course, we like Love Reigns as well in that race before, so maybe that's going to be a monster either way you kind of look at. But when you've been running at Prairie Meadows, any race you're going to enter <laughs> at the Breeders' Cup is definitely going to be a step up. All right, let's move on. Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. This one, as you can see on the board, completely wide open in comparison to the Cave Rock uh, show in the in the boys' race. Chocolate Gelato is your favorite at nine to two. After that, you know, well, even Chocolate Gelato, that's a great price if you like her. This, this is wide open. At this moment, where are you leaning? I think Chocolate Gelato is the best horse. Uh, I don't think you'll get nine to two on race day. So if you like Chocolate Gelato, I think now is the time to punch that ticket. From a price, price perspective, I mean, Raging Sea at 16 to one seems oh. wildly high to me. And I, I think we're going to agree on this one. This is a, a Chad Brown who won, wins a maiden special weight, comes back, runs this weekend, runs well, ends up running third in that spot behind Chop Chop and Wonder Wheel, who are sitting there at five to one and eight to one. You're getting double the price on a horse that has massive amounts of upside, second off the layoff, third career start. Yeah, I really like Raging Sea in the spot as well at the price. 16 to one is going to be the key. And, and what do we get on Breeders' Cup Day is going to be another big key. Chocolate Gelato, though, definitely has the talent to just kind of blow them out in this spot. But doesn't this feel like a race where you want a price? Yeah, it does. I mean, that's why, you know, I, I was doing the preview for for our site. And I, I said, you know, chuck out, chuck out all the California horses, right? That's step one of this, because I just don't think the California Phillies are good enough. What about Fun and Feisty coming back now? Terrible effort over the weekend. Was the favorite in that race. Now you're going to get a McPeak price at a McPeak track. Like I, I could make a case if I get 20 to one or so on fun and feisty, if that floats up. And right. I, I saw it as high as 25 to one overseas. Yeah. That, that kind of makes sense. I, I agree. And that's kind of the thing. You kind of want that one, like a raging sea, or if you like to fun and feisty, it's like, okay, yeah, didn't run well. Now we get that inflated price. They're two-year-old fillies. You could, you never know how they're really going to show up and run. Same with like the chop chop horse, right? Like I hope that horse isn't eight to one because I do kind of like her, but I don't like her at eight to one. That's the problem. Um, another one like Justique is a horse everybody really loved. Didn't run very well over the weekend as well. Is that kind of the same thing? Are you looking at that one maybe? Justique was too bad for me to play back, especially when I was I was dissing the California horses. If I took any California horse for me, it would actually be automatically um, out of the, the McCarthy barn. That's a Rapoli horse that he sent out west to try and take on the Phillies out there. Ends up running second over the weekend uh, to And Tell Me No Lies in a race that, that kind of collapsed. Um, I think that there's upside there and I trust owners like Rapoli to be able to pick out really good fillies, you know, see Nats, see Mal at that. Like there's a long list of horses that have been in that stable that have done well. So for me, especially with chocolate gelato in here, if automatically goes as well or automatically, whatever it is automatically, I, that one I think is, is a little bit interesting. Yep. I agree. I, I think it, it's, it's going to take a, a pace meltdown. She, I don't know. I didn't really love her last week either. So probably won't love her here, but I, I have a feeling what's going to happen is we're going to be on raging sea and she's going to like take a little bit too much money, but still be decent. And she's going to turn for home with a chance and get beat. That's how I feel. Or wonder wheel. Why is the field again? I think the draw is very important in I, that spot. If wonder wheel wins, y'all can have my money. I just, yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to bet that horse at a short price. I'm just not, I don't think yeah. she should have won last time. I just, I just can't do it. So whatever. I agree. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's go on to the breeders cup juvenile Philly surf. And this is where it gets interesting with European horses and who's coming over and who's not, right? So uh, Blue Rose Sin, Chin, I don't know, uh, sure. is the favorite right now at 9-2. to two. Then you do have the American runner Delight who won at Keeneland last weekend at 7-1. to one. You've got some Americans uh, mixed in there. 
it's hard because you don't know who's coming over, but what are you thinking right now for this one? Man, uh, maybe be your best at 16 to one. I, I thought that horse has a little more upside than what we've seen. Um, it's tough to take any of the U.S. horses. I'm surprised the gear is not on this list. She would be one that I'd be a little interested in. Beat Delight two back, and Delight looks so good over the weekend. Maybe if, if depending on how this pace plays out, you like Delight again if Sayas wants to take that horse to the lead. But it's really, really tough to, to pick this one before we know who's coming over. And we don't even know who's entering. because I, There's a couple that are almost cross-entered here between these two races. We saw Chop Chop on both of these lists. Um, we'll have to see how this plays out. Yeah, Nick mentions the same horse you mentioned that beat Delight uh, two races back. And then for some reason, they tried the dirt. It didn't go well. The thing about it is, I'm afraid that horse is going to take a lot of money if if now we flip back over to this one. I I think I'm going to take a European in the spot. I just haven't seen who's here yet. And this this kind of gives us the first look here. I know both of us believe a lot in replays uh, when looking at these European horses. Yeah. This is one of those races where I, I it, you really don't make a pick until maybe the Tuesday before. It'll be one of the last races I actually have my final opinion on because mm-hmm. I want to watch a bunch of these horses run. And there's it's you got to dig through the replays to find a couple of them and see how they've run before and see their styles. Because you're watching a lot of those just to figure out, okay, are they forwardly placed? Do they need a pace to close into? Because that's incredibly key in these turf races. That's, that's, a, that's a big key. That's a big key to the whole thing. Uh, and, and you got to see somebody that's got a little bit of early turn of foot or you're probably going to get buried in these races. So yeah. And, and Dr. Tane totally agrees as well. It, the pre-entries will come out the week before, and that's kind of when you'll start to get to know not all of them will show up, but you kind of saw, okay, these are the ones that are serious. So yeah, it's kind of a wait and see on this one, especially this specific race. There's a lot of different ways you can go and a lot of unknowns. This one coming up, the final juvenile race we'll talk about the Breeders' Cup uh, Juvenile Turf, we kind of got a good idea that Mysterious Knight is going to come because he came over and won at Woodbine last time out. He's 6-1. to one. Silver Knot, 9-2. Blackbeard, 6-1. to one. A couple of other overseas runners actually a little bit shorter in the betting than Mysterious Knight. Did that surprise you? Yeah, I mean, I would take Mysterious Knight at six to one for the simple reason that I know he'll be in the gate. Like, yeah. and he also looked phenomenal at Woodbine, by the way. But also, I know he'll be in the gate. The others, I don't know for sure if they will. So uh, that mysterious uh, Mysterious Knight is the one who jumped out at me here, six to one. Maybe you could make a case for and the winner is who won out of a terrible post and, and took a nice step forward over the weekend, sitting on the board at fourteen to one. But it's tough to back a U.S. horse in this spot. Well, here's a problem. They're saying he's 50-50 to come over. We're talking about Mysterious oh, Night. I, I missed this on Twitter. Holy cow. That would be crazy. I'd be very surprised. But they're saying Silver Knight is confirmed and could come over. And so it could be a situation, same as last year, where his horse came over and won at Woodbine, but then Modern Games came over. And he's like, oh, no, no, Modern Games, that's the one. So maybe it's Silver Knot is the one uh, to look at in the spot. And so maybe you play a little on both and you end up getting three to one on the pair. You no, won't get I mean, three to yeah. one on race day. There you go. Because whoever comes over from his barn will be favored. Correct. So most, most likely between eight to five and two to one. Yeah. This one. Now, listen, in as far as the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies turf, I could see myself saying, eh, I'll take a shot with, a, with an American horse. Yeah. This one, I want no part of the American horses. Agree or disagree? Depends. Depends surely on the pace setup. If there's a lone speed, I could make a case in my head. I'm a, you, you, we talk about this. I, I speed handicap 
predominantly. Yeah. That's the first thing I look at, right? And and even in a spot where you have these zeros coming over, the, the biggest weakness they have is if that turf is fast and speed's holding. And that's how you beat them in a lot of these spots if you're going to take a shot in the, on the U.S.-based horses. So a major dude, I believe, wired the field uh, over the weekend that, that maybe he can get out there in front and run away from them. It's just tough to outkick these horses home, but you can get out there and hold them off. And so it would be purely pace dependent for me to take a U.S. horse in this spot. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. And that, that's just it. You don't know how those paces are going to actually uh, line up. So, yeah, some news coming in here. Silver Knot, uh, Silver Knot is going to, sounds like kind of going to be the Appleby horse that's going to come over. If Silver Knot is a bigger beast than Mysterious Knight, this could be a single. Because well, I thought Mysterious Knight looked amazing. Well, look, if, and if, you're, if based on everything that we're hearing in the chat is accurate, if, if you believe the information you're getting on Twitter here that you think Silver Knot's coming over, 9-2 to two is a steal, yeah. right? I mean, that's, you're not getting anywhere near 9-2. to two. So if, if you do want to say, okay, I want I want the Applebee, you wait your bet right now. Let's say you have 100 bucks. You put 80 of it at 9-2 to two Silver Knight. You put 20 of it on the 6-1. to one, You're profitable either way, and you make a good amount of money if Silver Knot comes over and wins. There you go. That's math, folks. And that's why you tune in to Blinkers <laughs> Off with a special guest of Mike Samich. You'll get some math. All right, Samich, let's go to Saturday. Let's go to the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint. No surprise right now. The favorite is Golden Pal trading at two to one overseas. Uh, th- this has been a weird Twitter horse. Like people are ready to pronounce him dead. And it's like, I just don't, I don't see what people are seeing. Like last time out, he sets a track record at, or a uh, stakes record at Keeneland. He looks great. He doesn't even look like they really asked him to do much easy win. And people are like, he's awful. Well, I mean, what I'm still on golden pal here. What about you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm good with Golden Pal. I don't think I need to go much deeper than that. Uh, a one-timer at 8-1 to one is wild. That's just wrong. Like, I can't – it's not even close to right. 4X no. the price of Golden Pal is a joke. Uh, Golden Pal won't be 2-1 to one on race day. No. Golden Pal will probably be even money right around there on race day, and deservingly so, and should win. I, my biggest thing is, like, what is, what competition is going to come over here and beat him? That's the thing. Is that, like, he's just too fast. And in turf sprints, that's really important. Like, he's going to get the lead, right? If we, if we break, he's going to get the lead. And you know what? I've heard this horse likes Keeneland, too. Another one that does kind of like Keeneland is Campanelli. That, this, Nick Feldman says Golden Pal over Campanelli. That's not horrible, right? Yeah, I, I could get behind that. I mean, I could get behind Bound for Nowhere. I could get behind Cross of Creed. Uh, Lieutenant Dan ran second in this race last year. Like, there's there this is a a great race for cold exacta yeah no exactly yeah if you got if you got a high opinion on golden pal you got to find that second place finish here yeah i i'm glad i'm not the only one and it seems like people in the chat are kind of with us that think i don't really know what you really want golden pal to do right like it misses the break sets a track record and then wins for fun next time out and it's like and we're just, this horse is regressing. Okay, all right, sure. Well, maybe if he saves a baby from a burning building and also yeah. wins, people will like that. I, I don't know. If you, if you put him in backward, he would probably still outbreak the field. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, let's go. Breeders' Cup Philly Miller Turf up next. Right now, Nashua eleven to four on the board. This is a pretty nice horse from overseas that is that's supposed to be coming over. Um, our horses, especially with. Uh, Warlike Goddess not coming to this race. And Spinderella, we haven't seen, had a work since that race at Del Mar. I don't know. Our horses don't look great here. What do you think? I think it's in Italian if you're going to go with the U.S. horse. Yeah. I, 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 we just talked about how you beat these zeros. Run them off their feet. Guess what an Italian's done? I, 
run them off their feet that Diana was phenomenal 45 half and just kept going um, and, and then came back and wanted a mile impressively over the weekend. So if I'm taking a shot, I'm taking a shot with speed who can just run away from these horses and say, come get me. And, and if she carries it, great. If not, you take the Europeans. Pretty much. Right. I would do the same thing. I would look at the pace when, when you get it in your hands and be like, okay, if an Italian's loose, we can play. If not, I mean, there's just, this is a weak group. And this is another thing, like Regal Glory is going to the turf miles. So that's one that is taken out of this race. It's just kind of a weak group once you get past uh, the pace play of an Italian. Virginia Joy's on this <laughs> twice for some reason. Uh, you know, I don't have a lot. I know she beat Warlike Goddess, but I don't have a lot of interest in her. Do you? No, I mean, she's she's a worse version of the Europeans. Yeah. Similar running style, worse horse. That's yeah. not how you, that's not, that's not how you win. I mean, yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta just lean European in this spot when you're not going in Italian and, and we'll kind of take it from there. That's, uh, that's the best way to kind of summarize that one. All right, let's keep her moving here. Breeders cup mile modern games. Another one's going to be a heavy favorite seven to four right now. He might be shorter than that. This is another one. As far as you, American horses, I don't love much. What about you? I'm really interested to see what Annapolis's price is. Okay. I, I was really impressed with Annapolis. I, I liked that horse a ton as a two-year-old. Did not get to see her, him in the Breeders' Cup. Came back. I liked him over the weekend in the mile. Like th th To me, there's a lot of upside still in Annapolis. I don't know if there's enough to win the race, but there is a lot of upside in this horse. And, and like, it feels like one of those races where you could see some trip trouble for modern games. And if that happens, then someone can get the job done. And Annapolis has that tactical speed. That's what we saw. Sat the perfect trip, was able to split horses at the top of the lane and just ran away from them impressively. Beat a good field by multiple open lengths. So the upside with Annapolis is interesting to me. Obviously, Modern Games is the horse to beat. It's interesting that Annapolis is on this list. There's not very many Americans on this list. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how many Europeans show up. Because, listen, the Modern Games is very respected. So if, it, you know, he's he's supposed to come. So if there's like, six year other Europeans coming over, I would be surprised. I think they'll, they won't send very many. Uh, this is another, like I said, it's a, just another group that it's not great. Like Annapolis was very impressive, but there was a lot of no-shows in that race too. I, I didn't think so, some of those horses really ran that well. Regal Glory was one we were kind of excited about. She didn't run all that well in her race either. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you on Annapolis. 10 to 1 is the right number. You're not, you're not really interested in anything less than that, right? No, not really. I tend to one is showing a lot of respect for an overseas book too. This yeah. is, this is all, no, no us, not many us betters. I'm sure there are some that are populating this pool as well, but this is mainly European betters that are putting into this market, playing into this market. Tend to one showing a lot of respect for a, a North American horse hunter. Yeah, no, you're right about that. And the horse has been really good. And really the only time the horse did not look good. I think they just, they ran her a little, or ran him a little too far. And that Saratoga Derby, he turned for the corner. I'm like, oh, he's going to win this thing. He got second. He got beat by another pretty good European horse, but uh, just kind of a little too far. Uh, shorten him up. He's kind of had that that jump that you need. You're going to need a big closing kick because you know the big favorite is going to be flying down that stretch. Oh, so yeah. good luck to you. Um, all right, let's move on. Breeders' Cup Sprint. Interesting, interesting race right here. Jackie's Warrior, heavy favorite at 7-4. to four. Jackie's Warrior lost as a heavy favorite last year this is pretty wide open after him what's your initial thoughts on this one oh 
I mean, this is tough. I don't want Jackie's warrior in this spot, which is, I, 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 there's so much speed. And I think Jackie's warrior goes again. And we've seen this in multiple breeders cup sprints over the last few years where the race just collapses. Um, Whitmore was able to get it done with done with the collapse. We saw, uh, uh, Aloha West win last year and, and do absolutely nothing since. Absolutely nothing. I wouldn't be shocked if there is a similar scenario here. To me, this is a race where you're spreading a little bit. Jack Christopher is going to push and is as fast as Jackie's Warrior if he wants to be. Cody's Wish is a very fast horse. Kamari can be close to the pace. 16 to 1 on American Theorem is what jumps out at me. I, I like this horse in a sprint a couple back out in California, was able to come from off the pace, get it done. American Theorem is the horse that I, I, I'm interested at that price. So first of all, to address kind of the chat here, there are some horses in this that aren't going to run, right? Country right. Grammar is not going to run in this race. They're stealing people's money, basically. A flight line's not running in this race. Corniche is, has been retired for months. Uh, let's see. I mean, a speaker's Corner is not going to run in this race. So, so kind of ignore some of those. I think Jack Christopher should go to this race. I think Jack Christopher will roll if he's in this race. That is a kind of one of my bold opinions. Here's why you said it. Horses don't usually go gate to wire in this, in this spot. Go watch Jack Christopher races. He's fast, yeah, but he sits. He does not go to the front ever. They love to get him a target to run at. His target's a big one here in Jackie's warrior. If Jack Christopher enters, I think he will do what he does every race. He'll mow him down in the top of the stretch. You go back and even watch the Haskell. He makes the move that he always makes. And you're like, oh, he's going to roll. But the distance hit him right in the face. But he still ran his race, right? You're going to cut him back. He's going to sit right there. He's going to pounce. And he hasn't ran that far, right? Six furlongs compared to seven or a mile. I think he will absolutely roll if they give him the trip. I think he needs to go in this race. Uh, you definitely know distance is not an issue. Yep. <laughs> he yep. can get the six and he can go fast and get the six. So I, I don't hate that at all. I would I like him at four to one over more than I like Jackie's Warrior at seven to four. Let's talk about the the Philly that's on this list. Yep. Kumari's sitting there at eight to one. Loves this Keeneland track. Should be able to sit a good trip close to the pace. Wesley Ward, ton of speed. Any interest in Kumari? I, I have a lot of interest in Kamari because of the what you said, that speed and the collapse of the sprint. Kamari's not going to get involved in any of that. And she's going to be behind Jack Christopher, but the same kind of thing. She sits, she rolls. Uh, Wesley Ward said, I really like her at this distance. I really like her at Keeneland. So, yes, I have big interest in Kamari here. I think she could upset the apple cart. I just feel like Jackie's Warrior, another thing to think about never really got any kind of challenge until last time out and he got challenged and he couldn't, he couldn't handle it. And you're going to get challenged again. Now I think Cody's wish is going to the mile, but if he was at the six furlong or the, uh, the six furlong racer, the, the sprint, I think Cody's wish is another one kind of in that, in that category. So you just don't know who's going where I really hope Jack Christopher shows up here, but yeah, Kamari at eight to one is definitely coming here. And I definitely think she's got a shot. Yep. I, I, that field always has speed that you don't expect that signs on for it as well, just because it's a six furlong sprint and so many of them are gate to wire horses. 
Yeah, I, I I think you're just like you get a guy and it's like, OK, they've only got eight maybe looking at it. And they're like, well, shit, we got a horse that's pretty fast. Keelan plays the speed. Let's throw it out there, you know, and yep. I think you get that as well. So it, so much is going to depend on the pace. If we get these fast performances and there's no speed, well, all of a sudden, well, we'll take yeah. Jackie, you know, so we'll see. But we're assuming there's going to be speed. We're kind of trying to beat a big favorite there. So we'll see if we can do it. All right. Breeders Cup turf. That's next. Another one. Heavy, heavy, heavy. European contingent in this spot. There's Warlike Goddess at eight to one. What do you think of her chances in this spot? I would love to see her win. Me too. I don't think she's good enough. I don't either. I, I like eight to one's the right price if you want to take a swing. And it, like again, I'd love to see her win. It, this is a big task. This is a tall task to take. I, it's not Gufo in here. Okay, this is a little bit better of horses. I think it's the answer is a European to be named later. I, I just feel like somebody's going to come over here and be a little bit better than Warlike Goddess. She did compete really, really well last year against international runners on the Philly and Mare side of things. So that gives you hope. It's kind of like, okay, if they don't send their best of their best, then maybe she can do it. Uh, another one at eight to one that is an international runner that has been over here is nation's pride. What do you think of that horse? We've seen him in the United States. Again, if the, if the A team comes over, I don't think nation's pride is good enough. It's, yeah. it's really just assessing who comes over here. Right. I mean, because I, I thought nation's pride looked good, but wasn't like, didn't blow me away. So I, I would need to see a couple of the horses above him. I mean, you got five horses listed in front of him. If three of those five come, I think it's tough to take Nation's Pride. Yeah, I agree. And that's the thing. Uh, any of the Rebels Romance, Adaria, Al, Al Hakim, any of these horses, Luxembourg, they're, they're, they're pretty solid. And I don't think he can quite match up. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what Europeans come. I mean, that's always kind of the tough thing three weeks out to try to predict. But it also, like, these betting markets will kind of give you some hints, right? Yeah. Because if Rebels Romance is taking money, it's an overseas betting market. It means he's coming pretty much. Well, and this is also a great way to get ahead of the number. I mean, because if you like some of these horses and you hear they're coming, you can beat the books to the adjustment. I guarantee you, you can beat the books to adjustments in these markets because they're not going to be as on it as someone who's focused on horse racing. Because, yes, these markets take money, but they don't, don't take as much money as soccer games. They don't take as money, much money as NFL games. Those are going to be where the focus is from the news perspective, which allows you as a better to beat them to the news in these type of markets. So if you get something confirmed like, hey, Rebels Romance is coming and you love Rebels Romance, you're not getting nine to two on race day. Nope. So that's this is a great way to try and try and get that in a little bit early. Shadi's mentioning this. I want to make sure I call it out. This is fun for tournaments. Phenomenal two days for tournaments. And this is going to be the next Racing Dudes Tournament Challenge as well. Yep. The combination of all the Breeders' Cup races on Friday and Saturday. 20 bucks to enter, one in every five get to go to the finals where Racing Dudes is giving away $500 minimum in that finals as well. So wonderful card, two-day card for tournaments. Make sure you get involved in that for 20 bucks on horse turns. Absolutely. That's going to be so much fun doing that uh, on Breeders' Cup Day. I've never really played on Breeders' Cup Day. We've been super, super swamped, but that will definitely be on the horizon for us for sure. Dennis said, hey, he's on the War Like Gods for two years. He's not getting off. I don't, I don't blame you. Like... She, she's awfully, awfully, awfully good. So. At eight to one, especially, I don't blame you for not getting off. If she goes off at two to one because she takes a ton of money in the American market, that that kind of changes the conversation. But at that number, why not? 
Yeah. So the Breeders' Cup Classic's next on the list. I'm going to skip it. We'll save it for last. And I'll go to the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile now, where you see Jackie's Warrior as the head, or excuse me, Jack Christopher. I always, I do that every time. Jack Christopher is a heavy favorite at seven to four in here. Cody's Wish, second choice, five to one. If we could find out Life is Good was coming to this race instead of the Classic, that'd be a great bet at 11 to two. Don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Cyberknife seven to one charge. It's not running in this race. Uh, Laurel river nine to one. So you've got some prices here. Um, still don't know who's going to be in the field. Where are we leaning in this spot right now? It's impossible to lean in this spot right now. Yeah. That's like, unfortunately it just is because if, if it was Jack Christopher and a lot of these horses don't show up, I'm taking Jack Christopher. If it's life is good. And a lot of these don't show up. I'm taking life is good. If it's even like gunite and a lot of these horses don't show up, I'm taking gunite, right? Like, but we don't know exactly what we don't know what races are going to end up in, and this is kind of that you know the stepchild of the Breeders' Cup where you don't usually get a really good field. You usually get one really good horse, which is what we saw last year with Life Is Good, and you get a really short price on that really good horse who's very likely to win. I think you're going to see something similar here because look, Jack Christopher is the exception. He's got a very good shot in the sprint. No other horse on this list outside of Flightline, who obviously could win the Classic and Table, who's going to the Classic, could win any other division. Yeah. Right? I mean, outside of American Theory, who I like in the sprint a little bit, but it's not going to go to the mile. It's going to go to the sprint. You know, Life is Good is not winning any race but this one. Right? Cyberknife isn't winning any race but this one. Yeah. So if they're going to pick the race to go to, this is the spot they want to end up in, and then that's the horse to bet. But you're, you're really reading the tea leaves if you're able to do that. Yeah, I think it's going to be super interesting. I Jack Christopher, obviously. Uh, I have interest in Cody's Wish, but we'll see what the price is. I, if Jack Christopher say doesn't run, then all of a sudden you're like, I don't know if I want Cody's Wish if he's two to one or five to two. I'm very interested in Cyberknife. I'm very interested in Laurel River. Um, it's just going to depend on who actually shows up for this race. So those are the those are the horses I'm kind of interested in as we sit right now. Um, I think. Cody's wish will be here, but I, I don't know. He was very good around one turn last time out. I would expect Cody's wishes in the mile and I'm going to probably play against. Well, I mean, at a short price, I probably will be with you. If he has some other horses in there with him and he's legitimately five to one, I may not be with you. So we'll see how that race shakes out. The other thing is, like you said, it's the redheaded stepchild. Nobody really wants to go to the mile. That's what made like life is good. Such an easy crush. They actually targeted that race last year. They wanted to go to that race. Most people, it's like, yeah, I don't think we can win here or here. Let's try there. So. It's just not this. The sprint and the classic are sexier. That's all it is. Like the year that we want to win the sprint, you want to win the classic. So the the mile gets is like just the third choice for some people. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. All right, Breeders' Cup staff up next. Nest, the thirteen to eight favorite. Her stable mate Malthot is the fifty-seven to seventeen second choice. Like Society, third choice at seven to one. Is it, it? Do we go past the two Pletchers? I mean, or is that one of them going to win this one? Do we go past Nest? No, I don't think you do. No, it's just Nest, right? Like, right? I like mouth that's mouth that. Like, come on, it's Nest. That's that's the winner here. I like. I, I the only mm, Good Night Olive is a little interesting to me, but uh, I, I think Good Night Olive is not going to be in this race, though. I would be surprised if she is, but she's like, going to go the sprint, filling their sprint. I would think. Okay, then. Okay, then I'm I'm interested in her there a little bit. I, like yeah. search results, maybe, maybe. Clarier, no. 
she just dealt no obligatories, but like I can't believe Echo Zulu 21 is kind of crazy. Um, yeah, for me, it's nest here. It just yeah. is. Like I hope that she and Malathat are about the same price. This obviously represents closer to like eight to five and seven to two. That's about what Nest and Malathat are at these wild odds. Um right. and in that case, I'd be on Nest. I I just listen. Nest is is a beast to me. Like if Nest ran in the classic, I would think, well, she might get second or third. Like that's how good I think Nest is. Mm-hmm. There, there's going to be very little to to point me in the direction of another horse in this race. I'm not a huge Malathot fan. I do think she's running better than ever, but I don't think she can match up with Nest in this spot. I bet Malathot in the Breeders' Cup this staff before. I don't need to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fair because she had no excuse to lose that race last year. Not a single damn one. All right, let's let's talk about the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint here. Good night, all of the horse you mentioned and the favorite here at four to one. Echo Zulu, another horse that was double, you know, listed, is six to one, probably more likely to go in this spot. CC, the Fed, the winner last year, 10 to 1. You're a big good night olive fan. I mean, interested in anybody besides her here. Man, this is a fun race when you look at this, isn't it? Like, it is. It's gonna be a good one. You didn't even mention like Frank's Raquette slammed, who ran really well, obligatory, yeah. loved to close, wins one is one in Kentucky, or Bell's the one who might have won this race last year if she just went to it instead of a stinking yeah. overnight stakes that she ran in. Um I would want to know exactly who's in here yeah. because this to me looks like a pace collapse. Just when I look at who's who's in here, right? Good night, Olive goes, Echo Zulu goes, Slam goes, Matera or Materia goes. Lady Rocket's going to want to go. She's probably going to be in there. Bella Sophia has a ton of speed. Frank's Raquette has a ton of speed. I mean, this this is like CC repeats or Bell's the one gets them late. I mean, that to me, when I if this is the field, that's my immediate thought. Yeah, it does kind of feel like we could see a, a lot of pace in this one, a lot. Now, the one thing I will say, your horse, Good Night Olive, I mean, your horse that you've liked, liked the last race, not saying you're picking her, but she showed the last two efforts. She doesn't have to go to the lead. So that could be in her favor, I think, because I don't think you're going to go gate to wire. You know, slammed as a horse I really liked last weekend, but how can you like her here with all this other speed signed on? Well, and you, this race always produces upsets because it's seven furlongs, not six. The difference between the sprint and the Philly and Mare sprint, that one furlong is wild. It plays toward horses that can run at a mile and a mile and sixteenth a lot more. That's why a horse like Cece had that did a wonderful job winning this last year it plays toward horses that want that distance and so i think that creates upsets as well because you have these top tier sprinters that end up in here that are all going that extra furlong all right nick mentions a horse that i know i'm going to have on tickets and that's obligatory i I thought this horse listen seven furlongs pace collapse the horse is is very very solid always comes with a run even at saratoga when she got third she got bumped hard at the top of the stretch it took her a while to get her footing back, but when she did, she still was running. I don't think she was going to beat Goodnight Olive. I think she could have got second in that spot, though. I think she's interesting in here. Don't sleep on obligatory. 14 to 1. That's a that's a price, man. I'm I'm gonna, I can just feel it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have some money on that horse. She makes sense. If this pace is hot, she makes sense. And this pace looks like it's going to be very hot. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. This is, like I said, other than uh, Groupie Doll. When Groupie Doll was around, that was a that was kind of a favorite that we could trust. But overall, this usually pr- produces a price, including last year. Gamine was such a short price, and Cece was able to win. So, uh, all right, that's it. So we'll go to the Classic now, saving it for last. 
Um, all right. As we stand, flight line is eight to 13. So uh, about what? Three to five basically is what that translates to. Here's the, some interesting stuff. Epicenter, second choice, six to one. Life is good. Third choice, seven to one. Taba, fourth, fourth choice at 12 to one. How accurate do you think those odds are going to be? Maybe not exact numbers, but as far as stacking first, second, third, and fourth choice. I, I know you're not watching right now. Uh, Extra Anejo just debuted for Asmussen and won by the length of the screen. Like literally won by like 15 lengths, $1.3 million horse. Two-year-old Colt uh, just debuted at Keeneland going seven. Yes. Like completely under wraps. Uh, this is a, a Winchell thoroughbred into mischief, like – Derby radar. There you go. Um, anyway, I think that Taba ends up being the third choice, maybe the second choice. I think that, that life is good and Taba might be flipped. I think life is good has cooled down in a lot of betters' minds. Um, and, and specifically the way life is good would win this race. I don't see that setup, right? I don't see how life is good gets loose, gets comfortable, and just runs away from them, which is how life is good would need to win the classic. Yeah. No, exactly. I I, I don't like life is good. At all in this this in this spot, uh, if Taba really is going to be the fourth choice, is he almost a must use as far as underneath? Like, I mean, as far as like that second horse, because if I'm sitting here and I'm valuing Epicenter and Taba at the same level ish, you know, he that almost forces your hands if that's the odds. There's only two horses that can win this race: Flightline and Taba. No one else. You only need to go too deep. And you can either single flight line or go too deep with Taba or play flight line through $5 tickets and Taba through $2 tickets or, or flight line through a dollar ticket and Taba through a 50 cent ticket. Epicenter's not winning this race. Not as good as Taba. I just, there's still upside with Taba. We know what Epicenter is. I This is a two horse race in my mind. Yeah. I'll read off the odds. This is uh, John White's uh, early Breeders' Cup Classic odds. Okay. And I think these are going to be pretty accurate. He says flight line two to five, epicenter eight to one, life is good eight to one, Taba ten to one. What do you think? Is that going to be, is that kind of what you're thinking? I, I am, I feel like I'm skewed. Like I feel, I feel like I'm biased here. And I think that it should be, you know, flight line two to five, Taba six to one, five to one, epicenter eight to one, life is good 15 to one. Okay, I, I would set much more of a gap between Epicenter and Table and Life is Good. I think Life is Good should be the clear fourth choice, not mm-hmm. a close in that group. Yep. Um, I expect Epicenter will go off as a second choice because of the way that the, the, the betting is going to go. I, I think Epicenter's past performances will attract a ton of money. Um, so I, I would expect it's going to be Flightline Epicenter. I don't agree with it, but I think that's going to be the order. Yeah, I, uh, DRF early odds has flight line four to five, life is good six to one, and then Epicenter and Taba both at eight to one. You know, Marla brings up a great question. Mm-hmm. What does Rich Strike go off at? <sighs> mm. I think this is like the, the most difficult one to prove. Like, what should Rich Strike go off at? 60 to one? 30 to 50 to one. Yeah. That is generous, my friend. Okay. <laughs> well, he showed, well, listen, you talk about what do I think his actual odds are to win and beat a horse like Flightline? It's in the hundreds. What, what would you need to get to put $2 to win on him? Uh, in the hundreds. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay, that's, that's aggressive as well. All right, <laughs> what what do you think Rich Strike will actually go off at? Well, twenty to one, probably. I will take the under on twenty to one. Really, you think he's going off lower than twenty to one? I don't agree with it. I think there's going to be a lot of people that will put money on this horse if he's a monster number. Wow. And I think that will just drive down. This is actually going to be a, a really interesting because we, we saw this with the Derby where Rich Strike wins. Then the Preakness, the Belmont, the Travers, no one goes off at balloon prices because every, every long shot gets bet. This will be a wild betting like use case. If you don't see flight line get pounded down because these long shots are taking money like Rich Strike, who should be 60 to one in this spot. And he goes off at 15 to one. Hmm. If he's fifteen to one, that's going to be insane. He just he just doesn't match up number wise compared to these horses. I mean, you're gonna you look at it like this: like, what is Hot Rod Charlie going to go off at? <sighs> that's a good question. Uh, because he lost the Hot Rod Charlie, but they're but they're very close. So, I mean, Hot Rod Charlie beat life is good, right? But logically, they should be about the same. They finish basically nose and nose together. Yeah, I mean, I think Hot Rod. All of this is making me think Flightline might go off four to five because Hot Rod Charlie should go off at like fifteen to one or something like that again. Like, that's just it. I mean, that's the other part. The, the biggest problem is with with the Rich Strike argument I'm talking about now. Who is betting past the top four choices unless they're just taking stabs, right? Well, this is the day where people take stabs, though. Yeah. I mean that remember when we got three to one <laughs> on Nick's go? Like, yeah, yeah. I do. I do. <laughs> so it's like and, and Hot Rod Charlie ran what fourth in this race last year, third in this race last year? Yeah. Uh, four. He, he he won the Saudi was it Saudi or Dubai? One of the two. He beat life is good. Well, he got second. He got second. Yeah, country, right, country grammar, grammar. beating, but but yeah. Hot Rod Charlie got second in Dubai. Yeah. It, like He's got the races where you can make the argument that he should be in that 15 to one range. The thing is that flight line is so damn good that that's what makes it hard to price this race. Because yeah. if flight line wasn't in this race, then Hot Rod Charlie's eight to one. Yeah. Right. And, 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 but the fact that flight line is in here, and it's going to be really tough to figure it out. And the other thing is, this is the last race of the day. It's going to be a bunch of people who have lost money over the weekend, and they're not going to want to bet a horse that's two to five. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're gonna want to bet a horse is ten to one, um, and so we'll see what actually happens on the tote board. Like, what would you? What odds would you need on Flightline to bet a thousand bucks on him to win? Uh, four to uh, four. Well, four to five. I would bet him at four to five. You? I might, I might take shorter than that. You would take three to five, maybe? I think I might take three to five. I couldn't take one to two or shorter. It would be hard to do that. Yeah. Three. Just because at one to two or shorter, I'm playing a big cold exacta. Yeah, because then it just then it just becomes it just doesn't make sense to do it. You're gonna find better opportunities. And like you said, you could play an exacta and cut your price or your your ticket or your your what you're spending in half. Yeah. And and be better off. Especially yeah, for but, me, who has a big opinion with Tava, is the second best horse in this race. And right. I'm going to get five to one on that exacta. Yeah. 
I'd much rather play that than a horse at one to two or two to five, but three to five, four to five, you're starting to see the point where there is intrinsic value in flight line at that price. Well, here's the deal with flight line. If he, if he, the, the problem or the worry I think is if he, if he bounces or if he just doesn't show up as, and he's quite as good, you know, but that's the only, that's the only thing you have to worry about. You don't have to worry, Hey, is he better than horse A, B or C? Right. Like he just has to show up with an effort and he will win. Yeah, I, I, he would need to regress and Taba would need to improve. That's the way he loses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Taba, to, to me, there's there's just, there's just no improvement. Forget about Taba. Any horse can do that can get to him. He's going to have to come back to them. And, I mean, Taba or Epicenter or Life is Good, you're talking about he's going to have to come back to them by like 15 or 20 speed points. That's, that's incredible to think that he could regress by, you know, 15% and still win the race. Yeah. I mean, we've never seen him at Keeneland. There's other, there's other arguments you can make around it, but none of them I think hold very much water. I I would, I would say he needs to regress by 10% maybe. Yeah. Now, Yeah, it's not impossible to happen, right? It's just, it's not likely. No. But, you know, and the other thing is the the, the worry I would have, he got faster going longer. Like he has the race that we're all going crazy about about is at this distance. (laughs) So it's even even wilder. What about the, there is one argument out there. It's like he didn't beat anybody. Those horses are all washed that he beat in the Pacific Classic. Any thought on that? Uh, country grammar beat life is good. Country grammar ran 20 lengths behind him and life is good. Got beat by country grammar. So your third choice got waxed essentially by him already. If you, if you look at the same distances, that's the only, the only argument is to epicenter and table to me. That's why, like I, you, I, I don't think epicenter can beat like flight line, but I, I understand why someone could make that argument. Right. I can understand why someone could make the argument. Obviously the table could beat flight line here. I don't really understand the life is good argument, the country grammar argument, the, the hot rod Charlie argument. I, I don't see how those horses beat flight line. It, it has to be a horse that runs a career best effort that takes a massive step forward. That points to a three-year-old, right? Yep. And, and so it's it's between those two if you're trying to beat flight line in my mind. And I get your theory on you're going to take Taba because he might have more improvement where Epicenter has made the improvement. And while Epicenter has been very impressive – that's probably the ceiling. And guess what? That ceiling could probably win the classic a lot of years, just not yeah. this year. Yeah. Do you hit the nail on the head? We, we kind of like epicenters, the likelihood of epicenter taking a five to 10% step forward is 1%, 2%. The likelihood of Taba doing it is like 20. Yeah. He, he could legit do it because he hasn't run as much. Yep. And you also like, you got to factor in that he's now back in the Baffert barn and like he's been there for a while. And so this is third off the layoff instead of coming right back in the, in the Haskell when he was in there for a month. It's like, you got to factor in all the other stuff that as better as you have to factor in, regardless about how your heart feels about it, your head has to think about it. Yep. Absolutely. I think it, it, the one last thing we'll talk about here, I think, I think it's, it's proof as we've went through all this, people will bet anything. Like classic Causeway is listed on this on this page, and he's twenty five to one. He's not even one of the shorter prices or the longer prices on the board. Like Artorias is thirty three to one. People are betting these horses overseas, and there's zero chance they're going to be in the race. Not let alone win. Uh, Country Grammar, I don't think is coming. It, they didn't even mention Country Grammar when they talked to Baffert. Mandaloon has been retired for months. 
So people will bet anything. It's one I of the reasons why the book. It's one of these reasons why we talk about these fixed odds markets because those are all essentially allowing you to bet flight line at eight to thirteen, right? <laughs> Because you have dead money going into this. So that's yeah. part of the hold, right? Is that, that they're just taking dead money, which is floating up other prices. And that's why, you know, for instance, like um, uh, Chocolate Gelato at 92, I think is a good example of that. That horse will not be 92 on race day. I guarantee that. But there will also be other horses in that market that won't exist. That's why that price will go down. So yeah. you just got to kind of jump in front of it if you want it. Truth Exposed has got a good point. He said, you know, you guys have been on Epicenter and then you're going to leave him and then he might just win because maybe he's just decided he doesn't like second place. That's kind of what it's looked like over the summer. He's been fun. He's been a lot of fun. It could very much be the case. Yes. This is like, it, it's tough though, because I don't want to spread in this race. I feel like if you're going, like going too deep almost feels like you're spreading too much here. And that's where you've got to decide where am I going to use my bullets? And if, if I, I'm not going three deep here, I guarantee you that um, I will most likely have two tickets with both singles and I'll have a higher denomination on the flight line ticket and a lower denomination on the table ticket. I think that's how I'll end up playing this. Yeah. And that, that makes a lot of sense. All right. One last thing. And then we're going to get Mike out of here because he's got another show to do here in about 33 minutes. Uh, Case asked, and uh, I believe Truth Exposed uh, mentioned Charge It as well. What happened all the hype and Charge It? He got injured. Um, he's not going to be in this race. He won't be at the Breeders' Cup. But I think we got a shot to maybe see him later on past uh, the Breeders' Cup towards the end of the year. So keep an eye on Charge It. Maybe as a four-year-old, uh, yeah, he is not uh, quite healthy at the moment. Um, we'll see uh, if he kind of comes back. Sometimes when they get hurt, you don't ever hear from him again. Let me... Let me the see fact that they work. didn't like outright retire him, though, makes you feel like they're interested in running him as a four-year-old. He did have a work on 927, hasn't had one since, so that's a little worrisome. We might see charge it as a four-year-old, so we'll kind of see what happens. Um, yeah, okay, we'll do one more. Nick says, uh, who is the uh, most likely winner of the Pegasus out of this group of horses? Do we have no flight lines planned? He's supposed to be coming back as a five-year-old. Let's pretend he's not in it, though. Who wins the Pegasus next year if Flightline isn't there? Has Baffert ever had a horse in the Pegasus? Baffert won the first Pegasus with Arrogate. He also won again with uh, my, uh, Mucho, uh, Mucho Gusto. I think he's I think he's won two. Yeah. So okay. I would probably say Teva. Um. But I, I am a little more tempted to say Epicenter in the Pegasus because I am sure Epicenter will be there than Taba would be there. I, I hope, beyond all hope, we get Epicenter versus Taba in the Pegasus. That would be amazing to kind of see that play out. I would lean Epicenter at this point for the same reason. I think there's a 99.9% .9 chance if he's healthy, he's going there. With Baffert, you just never know. And with Taba's owners, they might say, no, we're going to go overseas. We're targeting those races where Epicenter, I'm pretty sure, will be at the Pegasus. So I'm kind of same line of thinking. Taba also cost three point. Taba was also not a cheap horse, right? Right, like, yeah, very expensive. Yeah. So I wouldn't be shocked if it's Breeding Shed for Taba, if, if, if Taba wins the British Cup Classic either. Yeah, it, it could go either way, Breeding Shed or, hey, no, we're going to get that Saudi money. You know? Yeah. We're, so I don't know. I think I think it's a good logical thinking to think maybe he's not. No, that's not saying he won't be. He might, but... We'll just kind of see how that shakes yeah. out. Epicenter will be, will be at the, at the Pegasus. I'd be shocked if Epicenter's not there. Yes, 100%. 1.7 million. There it is, yeah. Yeah, 1.7. Does Life is Good come back and try it before the breeding shed? Maybe. And 
the setup and stuff will be the kind of the determining factor on how to play him. But listen, we're not worried about the Pegasus right now, damn it. We're we're worried about the Breeders' Cup. So, <laughs> um, okay. Any any final thoughts, Samich, before we sign off? I I think that there are a couple of very very tough horses. I think Cave Rock is going to be incredibly difficult on this on the Friday, depending on who shows up. Obviously, I think you know that uh, that flight line is going to be tough. I'm really excited to be there this time. I feel like we're going to see like seven different stars and we don't get to like almost every single race. You have the opportunity to be wowed. And that's one of the coolest parts about the Breeders' Cup is that Jackie's Warrior. Well, I won't have Jackie's Warrior could absolutely wow me and blow that field away. And it'd be a really cool thing to be there. Right. Mm -hmm. It could be really cool to be there if Flightline wins by 20. It'll be really cool to be there if Cave Rock wins and then goes on and wins a derby. Right. There's just a lot of chances for really awesome performances over these two days, specifically with how these fields broke out. I'll leave you with this because my our friend uh, Ryan Stillman has asked me this or kind of told me his opinion on this a couple of times. Is this the best Breeders' Cup ever for what you're talking about? Seeing the stars. It, it, talking as a whole, you know, flight line, obviously, but as a whole, is it the best Breeders' Cup ever to see stars? No, it's it's up there. But like, we don't have that European horse that's coming over. We don't have that enable that's coming over that we are making stars this weekend. We don't have the stars yet. Right. I mean, I guess like but even like Warlike Goddess, where yes, she's a star, but she's trying the boys. Like there's a bunch of other things, right? She could be next year. She, if she wins and Flightline rolls and Cave Rock rolls and wins the Triple Crown, you look back at this and say, yes, you need things to happen for this to be that example. You don't have the stars already made, the Zenyatta. You don't have that type of horse that, yeah. that can, the curlin, right? That can anchor that Breeders' Cup. We think we might with Flightline and we think there's some really good horses elsewhere, but we don't know it yet. I would argue that Flightline, well, you know, he still is really lightly raced, but he he's a pretty strong anchor. But I guess he's not Zenyatta curling level. It's like, bam, over and over and over and over and over, just dominating. So, yeah, maybe maybe this puts him into another stratosphere if he's able to win it. Yeah, I, I kind of think it it has a chance to be. That's why I keep telling Ryan. I was like, it's got a chance to be. And maybe we just answered it, it the same in different ways of, when we look back on it after it's over, we might say, yeah, that may have been the best. It may be next year. Well, if Flightline cool. wins this year, runs all five, and is healthy coming back, maybe it's next year. I mean, because that was like Cigar ran it and ran twice. Yeah. Awesome again. Had like there, there, That was a great year. Obviously, Tis Now had like – you have some of the all-time legendary horses that you're competing up against, and if Flightline gets it done here and then comes back next year, then he's that anchor. Tis now is another one. Truth is supposed great, great to pop in with that one because that would be what it's like, right? Because yeah, you're right. He's a Breeders' Cup winner. He's an anchor for sure. Uh, anchor in a good way. Sometimes anchor is bad for horse racing. Um, <laughs> all right, Samich, third, uh, 27 minutes away from the Magic Mike show. Quickly plug that and we'll get you out of here. Yeah, just uh, stick around. Go grab a sandwich, grab a drink. Uh, we'll be right back handicapping the late pick five from this weekend's Keeneland, the Saturday's Keeneland card. Uh, so Magic Guy will run through that. Really interesting maiden special weights, both uh, the sixth and the seventh race. We have the QE, uh, QE2, the grade one in the ninth race on the turf as well. So really interesting card. McCulloch back for that QE1. Uh, 
I think there's some ways to go here. Right, so I'm, I'm excited to go over this late pick five because it's going to stretch your handicapping ability because you're going to handicap maiden special weights and grade one horses all at once. So make sure you join us here in about 30 minutes. And then uh, if you're watching that football game tonight, make sure you come back and hit up this channel right here at about 940. Slim and I will be on for the Slim and Samo Thursday night halftime bet of Palooza. Give out a best bet for the weekend in the NFL, a best bet for the second half, which are both four and one after five weeks. And that's pretty darn good. We'll take eight and two. Uh, and Slim's give us his favorite two props of the weekend, which uh, has been heating up re recently as well. So make sure you come check us out for the halftime show as well. Yeah, a lot to look forward to. Yes, we are going to do fist bumps with the Breeders' Cup. Are you kidding me, Kevin? And yes, Michael, <laughs> next year, Santa Anita, we definitely will be there. Whether the Breeders' Cup is amazing or it sucks, we will be there. So it's not going to suck. Um, and everyone else who's going to be at Keeneland. Come up and say hi. We've had a couple of people send like send us DMs, things like that. Say, hey, I was a little like I didn't want to come say hi to you. I saw you. I was sitting a couple rows in front of you, things like that. Come say hi. It's it's a blast to meet everybody. Uh, we're we're moving around for the entire two days. So if you see us, drop by. We'd love to talk a couple minutes, talk horses, and uh, and just say thanks for watching and thanks for hanging out. That's right, and uh, that's what made uh, Saratoga so special. We met so many people, and it was so much fun to hang out with everybody. So yeah, don't be shy because we are certainly not, uh, and it'll be fun. I promise you. Okay. We're getting so much out of here, guys, uh, in the chat, guys watching live, or maybe guys or gals uh, that uh, are going to listen now. Thank you all. Uh, we always, always, always really appreciate all the support. Uh, we, we love coming here and doing these shows for you guys. And uh, we're not going anywhere. So we will be back, uh, like I said, here in about 25 minutes. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Blinkers Off. We'll see you next week for this show. And good luck to everybody betting on the races this weekend.